You're listening to True Story, a night of true tales told to friends. Hey everyone, Merry Holiday! All of us here at True Story are getting into the spirit of the season. So when we received this next story from the Madison Storytellers, we were immediately excited to put it on the show. They're a great storytelling group based in Madison, Wisconsin, and you can learn more about them at madisonstorytellers.com. Also, while you're home enjoying Yule Logs and Eggnogs yourself, why don't you open up the iTunes and give us a rating? It helps other awesome folks find the show. Thanks, and here's to another great year. I have two brothers, and the story is, like, really about them. So in order for it to be funny, I think it's important to know that my brothers are, like, these really sweet guys. Andy is... 27 and he's a school social worker and like once a month he goes to my grandfather's house and gives him a haircut like he's just like a really nice guy (laughs) paul paul is 23 and he's like doing a pre-med program because he wants to work with doctors without borders like they're just like really decent people they don't like rock the boat or like rebel except on Christmas Eve, when they kind of, for the last few years, have kind of lost it. I think it was 2008 was the beginning of, like, the epic Christmas Eve feud between my two brothers and my father, who's also a wonderful person, but also tends to get a little stressed around the holidays. When we were kids, we used to have this lovely Christmas Eve tradition. We always go spend Christmas Eve with my grandfather. And we go to church with him. That's kind of just the family tradition. And when we were kids, my grandfather lived out in the country and he went to this really charming, delightful, tiny church. It was like in the middle of these huge cornfields. There was this big white steeple with a bell. We just, we loved it. But then like our grandfather got older and he had to move into town and go to this assisted living facility. And so now he goes to church right next door, which is great for him, except that it's this awful, like, big cement block of a church with this huge parking lot because there's, like, 500 people who come for the service, and so you have to fit all the cars in. The worst part about it is that on Christmas Eve, when we go, instead of, like, old, charming corn and soybean farmers who give us bags of peanuts on Christmas Eve... It's this huge congregation of strangers, and they do a PowerPoint presentation, like, throughout the whole service. And it features clip art images of, like, Mary and Jesus and these little sheep. And so it's just truly appalling. And (laughs) you get to the end, and it's like, this service was sponsored by Target. (laughs) It's just the, like, antithesis of, like, what Christmas Eve, you know, service should be. It's not spiritually moving or anything. But we go because it's tradition and like, you know, you have to spend Christmas Eve with our grandfather. And so I think it was 2008 when Andy was finishing up some work stuff and he was just going to make it. So my dad and my mom and I were like, hey, we'll go. We'll save you two seats. You guys come as soon as you can. We'll have two seats for you. So my brothers stay home. And Andy's really stressed. He's had a horrible week at work. And Paul decides that he's going to do something nice for Andy. So he thinks that the church service will be better if they can have some tea during church. And so he he thought it would be calming, I think. So he brewed this huge, like, pot of oolong tea, right? And it was, like, this really dark color. 
but he didn't quite finish it. So they had to take it with them to church. And so they put it in these big, huge mason jars that were clear glass. And they walk in right before the service starts. So everyone, you know, turns around to look. And here come my brothers with these clear glass jars of like this amber colored liquid. And it really just looks like beer. And so they're sitting there in the second row and everyone is convinced that they're just like getting wasted. <laughs> and so as we leave, we're getting like these just horrible glares from like everyone, all these strangers, you know? And my father, this was just a little bit too much for him. And he was like, guys, next year, you need to be respectable. Like, this is Christmas Eve night. I know you didn't mean it, but you really need to be respectable. And for some reason, this just was the wrong button to push with my brothers. Because I think they feel like they spend their whole lives being respectable and they got called out for this thing that they hadn't meant to do. And so the next year they decided to like stay back. And so my parents and I once again went and saved them seats. So they arrive, they have definitely protested the idea of being respectable for church because they have their cowboy boots on and then they have these Western shirts that they have not buttoned at all. So it's just bare chest, <laughs> gold chains. So they looked <laughs> like somewhere between like cowboy and like mafia member i'm not quite sure what exactly they were going for but they like swagger down the aisle and my dad was like oh god and <laughs> the whole service i'm like oh my god there's going to be a showdown after this is done so if my dad had been wise he would have just let it go but instead he tells them guys this is not halloween this is christmas you need to dress like it's Christmas. <laughs> Which was unfortunate because in 2010, <laughs> they, there was this thrift store that had this sale on Christmas sweaters, right? And it was just too good to pass up. And so my brothers went shopping and they bought these Christmas sweaters. And like, you have to give them kudos. They were like truly incredible Christmas sweaters. Andy had this red thing with a crocheted lace collar and then like this huge sequin reindeer that kind of like when he moved it just kind of like glittered in the fluorescent light and Paul had this patchwork ladies jacket that was made out of like red plaid and like green with like snowflakes on it and embroidered like in huge embroidery it said Christmas is always a joyous occasion at our grandmother's house. <laughs> So they had these sweaters, stashed them in their backpack. And so they came with us to church and like they were just had these normal t-shirts on. My dad was like, oh, like it's all good this year. And then they leave to use their restroom right before the service begins and they come back in with these on. So at this point, like my dad really should have realized it's best just to drop it. But there was he felt like he had to say something because it was now like three years going of public embarrassment. And so he said, you guys, next year, as you're getting dressed for this service, I want you to think to yourselves, what would I wear to church? <laughs> Which led to like the best Christmas that I can ever remember because my dad left. He went to go save seats as he does every year. And my brothers noted what he was wearing as he left. 
he had on like these nice khaki pants, like dad pants, and then a blue button down shirt, which was a very easily replicable outfit that they both put on. And for the last three weeks, like they're, they're really, really blonde guys, like almost white hair. And they had been growing out their mustaches because our dad has this brown mustache. And they'd bought spectacles. So they had the spectacles on the tips of their noses. And then as soon as our dad left, they dyed their mustaches brown. So, <laughs> and <laughs> so they walked down the aisle and go and sit next to our father. And it's like three exact replicas. And at this point, our dad realizes he's been bested. What can you say to that? They look just like him. There's no response. So he just shakes his head. And so that brings us up to this last Christmas when they had no prompting from our father. They arrived at church totally normally dressed, like jeans, their own sweaters. And it was really disappointing. I feel like holidays are about traditions. And I felt our tradition had been broken. And suddenly we were just at this horrible church service and there was no distraction. <laughs> but there was a lovely Christmas miracle. There was this maybe like 50-year-old guy who was sitting right behind my two brothers. And the seats are really packed in at Christmas. There wasn't much leg room. And he came down with a stomach flu about halfway through the service. And suddenly he vomited Christmas dinner all over my brothers. Like they were just <laughs> drenched. <laughs> Covered in like half-digested canned peaches. <laughs> and so... It was just delightful because the year we thought nothing was going to happen ended up being the largest commotion ever because my brothers jump up and are like, ew, <laughs> in the middle of the sermon, brushing themselves off. <laughs> and they obviously head home and like shower and we all arrive home and they're like, dad, this is what happens when we dress normally for church. And our dad, he was, he was in hysterics. He thought this was the funniest thing ever. And he was like, you know what, guys? I think karma has now played itself out. You can wear whatever you want. <laughs> so that's the end. You've been listening to True Story. Our theme music is from Daniel Steinbach's album, The Blade. To comment on this podcast or to listen to any of our previous stories, you can find us in iTunes or at truestorytime.org. Everyone, I hardly know you, but when something comes and grabs a hold, take the hands that open up a life that's led. Is something gold? I've been alone. I've been.